Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. And this is Megan. And on this part two of our... Um, Negative attachments and their influence. There you go. This is classifying evil. Yeah, this is kind of like our experience. Because these two past episodes are more of our experience. And a little bit less of research. Kind of a little bit of research. But just things that we've encountered paranormal investigating. Well, we've researched... What entities that we are taking out essentially when we do our investigations, mm-hmm. right? But kind of more so of our experience. So these last and these last two episodes are going to be more of our experience versus research. And then after this episode, we'll start getting into like more research based episode, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, the whole process. We, I remember we said this in the last episodes because we were asked like, "How do I know something darks in my house and mm-hmm. stuff like that?" And so we thought, "Well, let's give an explanation because we never really give an explanation of what I know." I've talked about a little bit on. The Shadow Walker series, uh, referring to my ability, and then you, uh, with your psychic ability episode, Megan's abilities, and then of course testimonials from different people we've helped out in the past, and then we we've had snigments, well, what snigments, snigments, segments of pieces of what we talk about in this episode today, from other previous and past episodes, so different things we've encountered, stuff like that. So people, if you've listened since we've started, it sounds like that, and heard everything we've had to say about all the dark entities that we've come across, then what we're talking about right now is nothing new. We're just kind of condensing it all together. Yeah. And also giving our reflection on a lot of stuff that we've encountered, because there is some, some stuff that we haven't come across. Now, the main things that I know so far we've come across, that well, I say no for sure that we have taken out and I have put in the ring, all that Shadow Walker episode part four, relates to several different entities, but the main ones essentially being demons, skinwalkers, and uh, elementals. I think, too, there has to be a separation between witches and hags. Because there's... Also, also, sorry. Yeah. I just forgot. And human dark spirits, which I have lost count of how many of those. Those, those yeah. are always an abundant supply. But human dark spirits, I just throw them all in one category. Now, that category can be split apart in probably like 15. Including, just like, like uh, we call it shadow people. Uh, uh, dark human entities that are just like this. Dark human entities are just like that. But essentially, people who were human when they were alive, but as time went on and they basically succumbed themselves to the darkness or evil, essentially in the afterlife, have morphed and changed into things that no longer resemble human, but humanoid. Remember we talked about that earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Because I also think there there's a type of entity, it's dark, that is more parasitic. Almost like a parasite. If you've ever seen videos, I don't know if you've ever had the animal videos where that they pop up on TikTok where you see the parasite like attached to, I don't know, it could be like a crab or something and it's like sucking the life out of the crab. That's pretty much a parasitic, I, well, that's what I classify it as. And as you'll see throughout this episode, you'll probably hear us kind of classify our own classifications mm-hmm. too of different things. And I always say there's, there's, Always, we, we've come across quite often these parasitic or leech-like entities, and a lot of the times they'll be, like, I, I one in particular that I come across that I see a lot at either locations or on people is, like, hag-type things, like, witchy, like, quintessential kind of, like, witch-looking thing, but they're more like hags. And- well, I don't, I don't, I don't say that. Those are what I kind of throw into the human entities. The only ones I classify as witches are actually, we know they're witches, they were witches when they were alive, and they still are like the ghost of a witch in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
which we've encountered three and then one randomly uh, a different location. But that's what I classify essentially witches. Um, but yeah, the hag is essentially something that falls in the category as the human dark spirit. Yeah, because the hag, I've I've seen it. I mean, it looks like a witch, like a like the cartoony witches that you see. Like, but they tend to be like I think you've said you've seen a hag before at the ranch, right? The one that was like, "Wake up" or whatever. No, well, that was that, that was a little girl in a Victorian oh, okay. black outfit. Well, okay, but... <laughs> okay, we're gonna get into all that because there's also some things I have some ideas about little girl spirits too. But I guess before we get into human spirits, what I think we should save uh, elementals for last because that's the most rare, unique thing. But the first to get out of the way, the most people most commonplace when it comes to evil entities are demons, which have never been human but take a human shape to intimidate us. I feel like they have the the greatest, not greatest, ugh, I don't even want it, but the easiest time in terms of, or the, how would I say it? Like they, they're able to influence a person the greatest, if that makes sense. When it comes to oppression, yes. And um, we've actually helped a few people out with oppression style cases. When it comes to combating them, uh, we've yet, uh, people want to know, we have yet to actually deal with the actual possession case. Someone fully possessed, we have yet to do so. But in our line of work, most likely have to come across at some point in time. So, which seems to be the more rarity is actual fully possessed. It takes time. So usually someone will get to the demon before it has a chance to possess. So only in, in rare circumstances so far, possession has fully been the absolute what's happened. One of the things that I, I warned Isaac, I was like, I was going to re- reference a lot. A couple of different shows and, te- and movies that I've seen over the last week, ironically, because I feel like these TV shows, a certain TV show and, and movie that I've seen, kind of, even though like the movie itself could be cheesy and corny and the TV show the same, it explains a lot of the paranormal in a visual way. So if you're somebody that needs to see something visual, I feel like the movies and TV shows that I'm going to talk about here in a second is going to help you understand. Uh, one of the movies we watched, me and Isaac watched together on Saturday, was the pray for the devil movie and even though i thought the movie itself i was not a fan of the movie i thought it kind of sucked i was just like it's like it it was too fast not too fast like it happened so quick i don't know i just wasn't a fan of it but some of the stuff that they said in it was pretty intense um one line in particular that definitely resonated with me was when um, the priest is explaining like you know what you got to do you know training these people um, one of the things he says is demonic entities have no mercy, no fear, and they don't get tired. No fatigue. No fatigue, yeah. And I feel like that's true. I, th- I think sometimes when people will try to rationalize that demons are friends and stuff like that, when you have kind of have that code, not really. You know what I mean? You see the extent at what... I remember I was watching, I think it was uh, Bishop James Long. You know, he, if you look him up on TikTok, he's done stuff, uh, with like ghost adventures and stuff like that. Like, he's well renowned, I guess, the demonology field for doing exorcisms and stuff. And, uh, he said that that movie was the most accurate that he saw, um, recently that described like the whole thing. So, yeah, I just want to say that a little bit because I'm probably going to be referencing the different TV shows and movies in a second. So, now we talked about the past episode, we'll talk about it here again. Just overview. Oppression is the first uh, first symptoms, you would say, 
of the leads to possession. Oppression is the act that is the longest to take, and it does last a while. It is the demon beating you down emotionally um, and, and spiritually, whatever you want to essentially call it, until you have no will left to fight back. And when you have no will left to fight back, that's when you invite it in to basically say, I give up, I'm done, do what you want to do. And then, yeah, then it has permission, then it goes inside and takes over. And then once it's in, it's almost impossible to get it out. I think, too, you said a really good. So back to me explaining a little bit about the previous episode where I was talking about, I was referring to like attachments and even demonic possession and stuff like that as a car, you know, like your vessel is the car, you're the driver. Negative attachment is like someone that comes in and like messes up your car, like tells you to go off on the wrong exit, like that kind of thing. But Isaac had a very good explanation. So I feel like oppression is when something comes in, puts you in the passenger seat, and it's like, no, you can't drive and you're fighting to regain control, yeah. right, of your driver's seat. You're trying to push it out, trying to whatever. And then I kind of said in the last episode that that's kind of like possession too, but you said, no, it's not. And I agree with what you said. You said possession is like being locked in the trunk and not being able to get out. Yeah. And when the demon is taking the wheel of the car yeah. and now it has full control and you're in it locked in the trunk and able to do anything about it. So that kind of, I feel like for anybody that needs like a, an example, that's a great way to say it. And even in that movie, the Pray for the Devil movie, one thing I think was important is the nun, and spoiler alert, I probably just ruined it before, but <laughs> spoiler alert, one of the things that they notice is that, you know, the two priests that are doing, or well, I say, I would say the one, because the other guy kind of like jumped ship after a while, but. The one priest, you know, is calling the thing out, telling it to get out. But then the one, the female nun, is calling on the soul to come back. So it's almost like they did a one-two punch where the pr one priest is telling that thing or whatever. Like, okay, in terms of the car, it's like the priest is going in and saying like, hey, get out of the front seat. I'm taking you out, whatever. And it's like the, the female nun went to the trunk unlock the trunk and is placing the girl back in the pat in the front seat that makes sense yeah premise for anyone who hasn't yet to see pray to the devil the whole story is it follows a nun who wants to become an exorcist because she's seen a few cases of all the exorcism and she wants to help that way she feels that she knows some knowledge that she learned by studying that seems archaic in the forms of exorcism and she feels a better way would actually to help the person inside fight the demon out from outside like push it out from within and appealing to the person, the person in, in particular as being possessed is probably a stronger way to get, deal with getting rid of the demon. That is her whole prerogative. And that's a whole lesson. She wants to prove this, that this actually, this technique works, which in the movie, yeah, of course it does. And it shows everything, how it works and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but that was the whole premise of the film. And as like I said, interesting film. It speaks to a lot of different kinds of subjects when it comes to like, you know, overcoming your own guilt and shame and stuff like that. And, bettering yourself so it has a lot of different good meaning stories behind it but in in case of demons that we've we've talked about before in the previous episode when it comes to influence and stuff like that the different demons that we have come across that is what we're talking about now yeah now amongst your average lower level demons your your soldiers we've learned that the hierarchy of hell now any demonologist or people studying to be a demonologist know about this but when it comes to the hierarchy of hell, it almost works like a military, right? You have your your generals, you have your 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 main 
like a chief of staff, you would say like that, and then you have your lower level lieutenants and low, un, underneath them, and so forth and so far down. And then you have your foot soldiers. We have taken out a lot of foot soldiers, and they come in all different shapes and sizes and stuff like that. Some big giant bull-like creatures with giant horns. Some like little 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 creature kind of guys that kind of squirrely on the ground. From one person's house that we actually helped out, it looked almost like Resident Evil Two fans would know what I'm talking about—a liquor. Uh, crawled against the wall and stuff like that. Some just look like shadow. It's like plain just shadow people, right? Just a black mass, a black shadow. So like I said, not all have distinctive features, but some of them do. But one that we've come across twice that's rarer than the others is what we classify as the Cheshire Demon. Yeah, and I... Um... And we Cheshire Demon and Cheshire Cat. Reason being is because he, this demon, in two different forms we saw him. One was like an, an amoeba of black mass and shadow that had the face in it. Big giant grin with eyes. And the other was an actual person dressed with like a top hat and a long coat, almost like the early Victorian age, I would say around the 15 or 1600, no, 16 or 1700s, early time period of that. But he had a top hat. He kind of kind of like had the, the long coat and the vest and stuff like that. Almost looked like a nobleman from the time of the Victorian era. That's the best way I can describe it. But same face, giant, giant grin, and the eyes could go along with it, which you've classified as a Cheshire demon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and f- for you visual people, going to the movie, the movie that I watched, Smile, which I've mentioned a couple of times, uh, when she's in there and she's trying to figure out like what's actually attacking, and that's what scared me about that movie because. The movie itself was not scary, but like the idea behind it kind of was because I know that there's something out there that's like that in real life. But she goes and she's trying to this one guy that was died he from the demonic thing attacking him. She goes and apparently he drew it. The drawings, you know, they show a clip down to the drawings. The drawings are pretty accurate from what I've seen. So if anybody out there wants to go (laughs) check what that looks like. Looks like um you can. It's just like that in the smile movie where she's like grinning really big. It looks like that, but it's like just is apparently uh somebody on TikTok there's a game that the creatures in the game look really identical to the thing that I've seen. I think they're called I think it's either on Fortnite or a game called The Backroom. I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not a gamer. But uh it's called Smile. Oh, I think I know you're talking about. Smilers. Yeah. And they're huge smiling grins. And it's just like uneasy looking. The back rooms is a probably should do a whole episode on just like uh Reddit uh urban legends and stuff like that. Uh and SCPs, right? Mm-hmm. Which you have no idea what I'm talking about. Do you? No, I have no clue. Yeah. These are like made up creatures that have their own catalogs and stuff like that. Yeah, we probably should do a whole episode on that. If someone's listening right now, is like a fan of it, like, Yes, yes, talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But I know I know I know exactly what you're talking about. And kinda, I guess, the way it looks, but there's no color. There's one thing I noticed about the demons too. There's no real color uh, when it comes to them. They're all seem to be black or gray. It's almost like the smoke and oil, essentially, of how they look from and from well, from my mind's eye, how I see them anyway. And yeah, I've seen them. Megan's seen them. Megan's spoken to them, and they've talked immense amount of shit uh, to both of us. I was always in the end. We, yeah. we overcome. I remember we were talking about this beforehand, and then I make it, make it clear now, right? Mm-hmm. And I've said this a hundred times, times before. When I talk about how I'm capable of taking these things down, how nothing's able to stop me, 
I never say it with, with ego or arrogance or like that. I say it with confidence because, yeah, so far, nothing's been able to stop me. But there's something else that I remember talking to Mike funny enough on our team about is that I have to have that confidence in my ability to take these things down. Because if I have the one moment of doubt that I'm what I'm doing is what I'm doing, then I lose. And if I lose, then I can't help, you know, all these people out there. So people we've helped so far and the people we're going to help with their situation. And there's going to be, by the way, this future testimonial episodes that we're going to plan on doing that we've helped people in the last couple of months or so. Yeah, it's so quite a bit. I need that confidence to believe in myself and my ability to do these things that so far no one else has been able to do for them. Yeah. So I th- And I think going back to the movie, uh, Pray for the Devil, you can see the difference of when the nuns and the priest, or well, the nun and the priest, they have fear or question about it, about if they um, can take the thing down. And you can see the difference when they have the confidence and when they don't. So even with myself, I have to have confidence, which I'm working on. I tend to lack mm-hmm. that area, but I have to work on, like, when I first started my abilities, I was very, I would second guess myself because I was scared of making a mistake. But now it's not so much. Like, if I if I feel something, I go with it. I'm not going to, because from the past, it ends up being right. And I've made mistakes in the past because I was thinking oh okay well maybe that's not it you know but yeah isaac has to have that has to have that confidence because if he doesn't when he goes up against something darker way darker um he's gonna be able to deal with it so i know some people um we've gotten comments in the past about isaac being egotistical and he's not he has to be that way because if it I mean, anything, any, any kind of situation where you're going into a battle or you're going into anything. And if you have that little shy moment of, oh, am I capable of doing this? Is this okay? Like, you can get overpowered really quick. But I know one qualm that most people have with the whole idea of what, I'm, what we do is that how do you even comprehend that taking these things down that have been aged and old and stuff like that, which we've already been doing, right? And there's a line from an old action movie. It said, you're the toughest SOB in the room until you're not. Right? True. So these things have run rampant, unchallenged for who knows how long until they're not. Right? And by evidence of our past experiences, we are the answer to them. And if that is, if it comes up arrogant or egotistical, I can't help you. Right? Because I don't, I don't do this to for my own personal gain or my own boost, my own ego, I do this to help people because there's not a lot of people on this planet that can deal with these things, especially on a, a call's notice. And I think too, going back to the movie, mm. uh, you see, because even though like I don't think the cases are, I don't think the cases were actual cases. No, but um, it makes you think, okay, well, some of these people actually died from suicide and stuff like that with these things influencing them. So to help people possibly in the future to prevent that from happening. I mean, there's some cases where apparently stuff is terminal. They died from being possessed. And we usually started with demons first because they are the so far toughest entities who I've taken down. Toughest. Mm-hmm. 
and America classified in like Shadow Walker at one uh, smoke and sand when it comes to the the strength of the entity when I pull them in. Uh, demons are always sand. As rarely I ever meet one that's smoke, but that's probably lower level ones. But we talk with them because they're the toughest. Uh, now when it comes to the most unique in the wide spectrum of kinds of spirits, uh, human dark spirits, mm-hmm. which the most we've encountered are just the most average ones we encounter are people who were a holes in the their when they were alive, and when they died, instead of crossing over or anything like that, they were fearful of what would happen into the afterlife, afraid of judgment, so they stayed here. Or they were so enthralled with what they did in the past, I say a serial killer who was just wanted to keep doing, like he hate like he hated people, now haunts a certain place in which he can still torment people in even death. Right? That kind of evil SOB who still wants to be around just to torment people. Now, those entities can sometimes gain enough ability and strength from absorbing energy and stuff like that to leave and attach themselves to people, which we've seen in a couple of cases uh, of a dark human entity attaching themselves to a person just to pull off their energy and stuff like that. Um, when it comes to the kind of hauntings that we've seen in the past, that's like your basic run-of-the-mill dark human entity that we've come across numerous times, right? They're angry. They want you to feel what they felt when they were alive. They want you to feel despair and stuff like and it's, that. And I'll, and I'll say this. It's ones, because that's where I kind of come in If at a location. If there's somebody that not can be redeemed, but like can wants the will to be able to cross over, even just hear their story out or stop bullying people like that kind of thing. That's who I help. But there's some people that are stuck on the ether. <laughs> Just like when they're alive. <laughs> that the can't be helped. That yeah. cannot be helped. Yeah. That honestly don't want help. That, that yeah. does not want help. And you find a lot of those ones that, that don't want to be helped. They enjoy what they're doing. They enjoy tormenting people and stuff like that. They're usually the ones that are like imprisoning and, and keeping or bullying, bullying such a, uh, regular human spirits. That were just got stuck. Mm-hmm. And they're keeping them there. Well, a great example is a show that I've been watching. The storyline kind of sucks. But they paint the picture of psychics and what psychics do. And different paranormal subjects. Perfect. It's probably the most accurate kind of thing that I've seen recently. And it's called The In-Between. There's an In-Between movie, which is... Uh, it's got Joey King in it. And it's like a lovey-dovey kind of movie. Like dealing with the afterlife um reminds me kind of of that ghost movie with demi moore and all that stuff but that's not that's not the show i'm talking about there's a show called the in-between uh it was only on for one season it's a psychic that helps a detective basically solve cases and there was one case and it even paints the grocery store and hospital as like super chaotic and stuff like that Again, it's cheesy. Ghost Whisperer meets the Mentalist. Like it's 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 cheesy, like Ghost Ghost Whisperer kind of is. And I think it came out around the same time. Uh, but there's a scene where this boy keeps saying that he needs help. He can't leave. He needs help. She follows him, and there is this hag entity that is keeping all of the spirits in the basement, and none of them can cross over. And every time she tries to help them cross or try to help them like come on let's i'll help you get to the light let's go to the light 
this hag thing comes and hurts her like in real life like scratches her or something like that i thought that was a really visual a good visual way for somebody that is curious to kind of like how that works is in that show so i think it's like the third or fourth episode but yeah she keeps all of the spirits because a little boy she's the, she's claiming that the little boy is hers and so she goes down to the basement and she's like why are you keeping you know why are you keeping these spirits here because it wasn't just a little boy it was tons like basically everyone that dies in the hospital goes down to the basement and is stuck there because this entity is feeding off their energy and won't let them cross over and we've come across that particular kind of spirit a lot um from the library investigated with three dark human spirits that i, I remember after we got rid of them all um, you crossed over a lot. It was like a mass exodus from that one location. And then the same situation happened again when we did uh, Patsy's Pond, where I took out uh, the skinwalker that was there that was kind of keeping the native spirits stuck there. And you helped cross over last spirits, not only just native, but also uh, a few slave spirits that were still there. And, of course, some, um, I guess not pilgrims, settlers. Settlers. Well, essentially. Yeah. Um, settlers that were still there. And you crossed over a lot of that after I took out what was keeping a lot of spirits stuck there. So it's a something. It's a common thing we see a lot. Is essentially one dark entity to numerous ones keeping a good amount of spirits in one location, almost imprisoned or like bullied. Like you can't leave, you can't leave. Either feeding off the energy that they give off from the afterlife or some possessive sense of mind that they might have. Yeah, exactly. And then because a lot of the locations. And that's the one thing, too. We're getting ready to start going to more locations here soon. One of the things we notice is, you know, we'll go to a location. If there's a dark thing kind of keeping keeping the spirits there at bay trap, you'll have where it's almost like it's it's muffled. The good spirits are muffled. They're limited on what they can do. They can do little things. But it's the darker things that are coming forward and really giving evidence. And that's the thing when, you know, some people say, oh, well, the dark things give great evidence. like. You know, they, they, they can move things. They can say, yeah, because they're, they're sucking the energy from the, the other ones. But we found out once Isaac removes the dark things that are keeping them stuck, it is insane the amount of evidence that's able to come forward or produce. And we've seen that multiple times at Patsy's Pond, where the first time we went there, we, uh, apparently, you know, that was when the like three witch, like witch spirit. Yeah women there um were kind of basically keeping keeping the spirits there and when isaac took them you know they they had like a i guess anger or something towards the land saying that it was theirs but obviously you know it a lot of the native spirits were stuck there but once he removed them bam we got like so much evidence so many things were able to come through so that was like one of our, that's kind of like one of our things, especially at locations, is removing the darker things so that the lighter things, if they want to cross, they can cross. If they want to stay there, because there are some good spirits that choose to stay at locations. That's the one thing, you know, we've talked about in multiple episodes that we're not trying to clear things per se. I mean, if an entity wants to cross, I'm not going to stop them, you know, because um, I wouldn't want that done to me. But if an entity wants to stay, like at the web library, uh, when we were crossing people, there was a couple spirits that were like, nah, we kind of don't want to go to the light yet. And we were like, okay, we don't force anybody 
to go to go into the light because that to me still, you know, they still have free will. Now, the reason why the negative ones get removed is because they're actually harming people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're keeping people trapped. I mean, that the last thing you want to do is cross, you know, go into the the in between the ether and be stuck there. Like I sure as heck don't want to be like that. You know, it was a weird theory that I thought of. Hmm. We were talking just uh, thought of right now. Granted, every it's like not every single place we've ever gone to is majorly haunted, right? Mm-hmm. You do have True. your duds, but we do get more activity the places we go, and that's because I guess everybody on the team is psychic, and and I I I, I remember on the team psychic, so we kind of like we attract them because they will know that we can speak to them, so they come coming to us and stuff like that. But also made me think. After I take these dark things out, the activity goes up higher, or at least communication-wise, mm-hmm. right? Makes me wonder, though. A lot of these investigators, they go to different places, and they say they really get any activity, but it should be haunted because it's a hospital. A lot of people died here, but they keep encountering something dark in certain places over and over again, right? But other from any activity, maybe a, a disembodied voice here, a disembodied voice there, something coming over the, 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 uh, the access method, but mostly they encounter this dark thing. Makes me wonder. I think our our situation's kind of proven it to be right. That there's no communication because that dark entity is not allowing them to communicate. Yeah. So 100%. if you removed the dark entity away from that's giving you evidence by showing shadow figures and moving shit around, if you remove it, the communication uh between the spirits that are still stuck there will in will I guess jump up a lot. Like you'll see a massive amount of communication coming through, people wanting to talk because they weren't allowed to before. Yeah, that first mm. time, I have some footage of it. I'm going to see if I can dig it up and maybe share it. But that first time we went to Patsy's Pond, when you removed those three things. And two, you don't know, too, on the land, there are actual people, live people, that will prevent good things from crossing. Like, uh, not all witchcraft is bad. I will say that. Not all witchcraft is bad. But there are some people out there, just like anything else, that have really negative intentions and will go to these places and use their bad intentions and keep spirits there, keep them trapped. So when you remove kind of whatever, it's it, basically whatever is keeping the good things kind of stuck, because sometimes it is actual people doing that. Like you said, there's a massive amount of communication. Yeah, but those are the typical human spirits that we've encountered. Now, the skinwalker is another one, but again, once was human, then died. So, every legend or lore you've ever heard about, right, that something was once human that has died, now exists on the other side. Yeah. Now, it becoming a skinwalker is something like that. We know from the stories that it had to kill somebody in order to become a skinwalker, and then it becomes a power of shape-shifting, stuff like that. The one we took out of Patsy's Pond... Its other form was a wolf because we heard howling in the woods, and that's what you saw when you channeled into the area. Mm-hmm. I, and that's how I know it was it was that because I have never been to a location and said, "Hey, you know, there's a skinwalker here." By the way, I I do know like previously previous to that investigation, I did come across a because I'm always looking on forums and stuff like that to try and get ideas of maybe like haunted locations from people. That have shared their stories and said, you know, locally there's like a bunch of stuff happening here, a bunch of stuff happening there. But that was the first time 
because as soon as I, I think I have it on video too, where I was like, uh, what is this thing coming out of the water? Like there's a thing and it looks like a wolf. And before the investigation, I kept getting visions and stuff like this of this big black. It wasn't big. It was like average size, but it was gnarly looking. It was like a black wolf with like teeth and like the saliva like dripping down. Mm. And then I started looking up more and more on skinwalkers and I was like, holy crap, this is really, this is a real deal thing. And the whistling is what got me. Yeah, the whistling in the woods we heard. Yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. Because as soon as we, as soon as we heard the whistle, I think it was like the first or second time, as soon as we heard the whistle... And Mike whistled back because he didn't know the, like, legend behind it. Uh, or it didn't resonate with him, like, oh, that's what that is. But, um, and ironically, it was in the woods. And that previous story that I had read, um, and it was close. It was, it was closer to us versus where we were. But the story basically said, like, the two, the three or four guys were out, like, fishing. And it was late at night. And they were hearing whistling in the woods and then mimicking as soon as but as soon as he whistled back i was like oh no and then you were like oh crap you're not supposed to do that and then we told mike the story he was like oh yeah you're right damn it and so yeah and it was constant we would hear the whistling and the closer now, we got to that bigger pond now that makes me wonder though if there is any skinwalkers that are actually alive right now you know maybe. i'm actually pretty sure there is it's probably and that's the ones you're going to have to be real afraid for. I know people think you say things, but you might hear whistles in the woods. It might be a skinwalker that's dead. Who knows? I can tell you this much. If I see something in front of me and my hands aren't charging, that's because the incident in front of me is still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Which is more scary than anything you think of. Yeah. And that's, it's kind of funny. Pull a gun. Gah, 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 gah. No, I, I would have to say, because we've been to some investigations over the last year. Some people are scarier than entities. I'm sorry. <laughs> Some people are. Yeah. Yeah. But we haven't really been messed with much. No, I think it was more so when we were on the first team and we were constantly getting chased by those oh, weird yeah. ass people. I don't understand why. We, uh, there was a specific location we've talked about, but basically it's owned by the Freemasons. It's a free 24 hour park by that trails that lead to the octagon house and like we were normal looking we weren't any kind of like creeper and we were just going to this one area every time we hit this one area this one now there was rumors i don't know how true it was there was rumors that there was witchcraft on dark witchcraft and anytime we would hit this one random area these trucks would come hauling ass down to the point where uh, one of our members stayed in the car and, you know, I turned to uh, Mike and I was like, something's not right. And then we start seeing all like three or four tr trucks with these people that jumped out and were like circling one vehicle. They were, it was crazy. And it was like an open park. It wasn't even, it was a trail that we were on. It wasn't even like a, uh, like super hidden things but apparently there's like a thing where apparently the freemasons own that so i don't know what that is all about but yeah reason why i carry big knives on me yeah, yeah. you never know who you're gonna run into even in abandoned locations too i know there's probably i have heard stories where like specific people like the homeless people i mean not homeless but more like i don't want to say it like people that do drugs that are homeless <laughs> 
don't want to say it on here because I don't want to offend anybody, but get into my house. Yeah. Like, like, the, like you know, <laughs> some people get angry. I've heard some stories from our next lawyers about that. But yeah, sometimes there's, there's, sometimes people can be scarier than, and then I remember too, we were at one location and, uh, it was, it was known for dark witchcraft. We were, but I kept getting, uh, visions of this girl, like, trapped there. And so it's a, it's just wooded area, just like the Croton National Forest. There's no, uh, like, do not go there. Like, it's, it's public property. And we went there and brutal. Animal bones everywhere. It's just, it makes you think there's sometimes there's scarier people out there. Well, animal bones. Animal bones. I think there's a the first place I took down a demon, the first demon I took down. Yeah. Yeah. That was that. Yeah. That, that was place. really bad. That, that was probably the most. That was probably. A moment where I realized that there are people out there that just like everybody, you know, one is fighting for the light side to transfer spirits over to, you know, help people to kind of get, you know, the people that don't have a voice on and the afterlife that are stuck in the in between that want to get their voice out there, whatever. That made me realize that there's people on the other side that are dark as F. And there's some people that just practice it just to practice it, but then there's there's really some evil people out there. Yeah. Now, funny enough, one of the theories I have on next thing we talk about, but before I get to that, um, one of the rarity things that I've seen so far when it comes to dark entity are wraiths. And the wraiths essentially were called spirits in other parts of the world, but I've seen one that actually looks as it's depicted. Or de- depicted. 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 You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Anyway. Um, it's like I got three words in my head all trying to say, no, this is the right way. No, this is the right way. It floated with no feet. Big, black, almost sheet-looking thing over it. So you can't really see its face. It doesn't really have shape other than, like, a hooded figure with no feet. And, like, long, skinny arms sticking out f- from underneath, or, like, in the front, like, almost like it had, like, sleeves. Mm-hmm. But its hands are really big and long. That's right? what, yeah, yeah. That's what Mike said that he thinks that I saw uh, when we went that last time, the Halloween episode, to uh, Patsy's Pond. And uh, a, a couple ways away, I mean, it's close, but it's not close, super close, is Pringle Road, that one location that we went to. It's all kind of connected into Croto and National Forest. And I remember, because we thought we were done. We thought we had cleansed, we were good, there was nothing else. And then remember, we started getting like lured somewhere else and uh when you were pulling and everybody was like you know we were helping crossing over and i got like a glimpse where it like remote viewed me to pringle road and i saw this big like i don't even know what it was that this thing just like running and it was very tall like flat feet but leading up the whole the whole halloween episode mike kept talking about a what is it called Wraith. A wraith. And it came through on the spirit box as well. Well, I've only ever seen twice. And it seemed it never one by itself. It always was a second to a main entity. Now, we talked about before how dark entities always seem to come in threes. Demons always have two um, 
servants with it. And as it's, maybe it could be other demons or it could be darker entities that just keeps with it. One demon that a high ranker that we took down um, had a wraith with it. Uh, and then another another dark human entity uh, was also associated with a wraith. So it's only twice I've ever seen those things, but I've never seen them by themselves. See, this one was by them. This one was by himself. Yeah, he was just running down. You saw something with feet. When I saw, it didn't have feet. It kind of floated with no legs. Yeah, this thing had feet. It was like really long. It was almost like it was dragging its arms, bald no, head, this like th- melting skin. I I can't see any other shape to it other than the hands. The mm-hmm. the arms that kind of stick out, real long, skinny arms with the big giant hands. I almost look like claws. And they kind of the only thing that stick out from the shapeless, hooded kind of shadow thing with the arms to stick out. That's the only thing I remember distinctively how it looked. I couldn't see a face. I couldn't see a head well, other than the shape of the head underneath the hood. But just imagine essentially like a black hooded thing, right? With no legs, no feet hanging underneath down, kind of floating uh, with arms sticking out of sleeves, long skinny arms, and giant hands. Mm. I don't know what the hell you saw. <laughs> I don't know what that I don't know. But, but. the next thing I was, I was talking about, being able to talk about um, are shadow figures, mm-hmm. shadow people, essentially. Now, my theory on shadow figures is we've always seen shadow figures associated with dark and stuff like that, which is true. And a lot of the shadow figures I've seen have always been associated with a dark entity. The three dark human entities that took out at the library were all shadow figures. The one was real skinny and kind of like creeped and crawled. His, his elbow was up in the air, almost like uh, it in uh, I forget which chapter, I think the first one, how he kind of like, like kind of did his it dance, kind of looked like that. So I've seen that it look like that, but most shadow figures always have a human shape. No other distinctive feature other than it looks like a shadow of a human, right? So my theory on it is that when you lose your persona, who you are, you, you forget anything of a when you were alive. All you know is pain, darkness, and anger, and hatred, right? When you can be consumed by darkness altogether, you become a shadow figure, essentially all, fi- you know, all sense of that mind with no distinctive features. Like you bleed into it. So that's what loses you when I think of shadow people and stuff like that. Especially ones that cause any kind of intimidation or fear. Yeah, and I think one of my personal theories was that uh, a lot of times I think shadow things will also come off as a shadow person when it's trying to conceal its true form. Sometimes I've noticed that. It is a, a rare occasion. Now, this is like the basic shadow person, right? Mm-hmm. Default. Some have eyes that you can see, you know, either red or some other color. I've seen yellow and red. Uh, some of their hands that I've, I've been seen are the claws are longer. Like they have claws as for hands instead of anything else. But when it comes to shadow person particularly, they really have any distinctive features. Now, I've seen shadow people that have distinctive features, but I think they still hold on to their personality traits and stuff like that. What makes them them? And they might not have given themselves fully over to darkness. Maybe they still hold on to the anger that they knew when they were alive. This is so far what we've discovered in our experience. Yeah. I think as we start going to different locations and we start helping. Because um, I noticed too, like, shadow things tend to latch on to kids. You know what I mean? Like, when you experience stuff as a kid and then it kind of becomes something that, like, as you get older, you have to get removed. Um because it became a negative attachment. A lot of the times they look almost like shadow things. Now, one thing real quick um, that I did want to touch on is, and you talk about like 
Charlie from Believe in the Bazaar worries about like little girl ghost because of this. Um, <laughs> but uh, like little girl ghosts that are dark attack like that are coming off as little girl ghost or little kid ghost, and there's something else. Um, one thing that I found out is that when I was young and I would see that little girl, it ended up being a darker attachment. And it makes sense because uh, one of the psychics that I had talked to um, when I first started this whole awakening journey type thing with my abilities is I would, you know, talk to her, do like little video chats with her, explaining everything, like what I'm doing. She would help me kind of like, like how to read and not read, but like read auras, read people, like that kind of thing. Um, basically share her knowledge with me. She got this little girl ghost. Um in her house one time and she said and she described it exactly how i described mine and she said yeah she woke me up in the dead of night and said don't please don't let megan do her abilities please don't let megan do her abilities she she'll get hurt she'll get hurt like she was so kind and considerate and she said but the girl said she felt or the psychic lady said that she felt weird because yeah it was a little girl and she seems kind and sincere but she was really adamant when i would pressure her like why are you that makes no sense. Why are you telling Megan not to embrace her abilities? Like, I don't understand. And sure enough, it was a dark attachment. I had like a hold off for me from childhood. And funny enough, uh, one of our home cases that we took care of a couple a month ago, I think now, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. a month ago, I don't remember how long now, uh, a friend of a friend who we helped out, uh, who friend of a friend's father who we helped out, mm-hmm. uh, he fell into a situation with attachment from a demon because he thought it was a little girl who wanted help. And he wanted to help her, so he allowed her in. Then it became attached to him. So, are our little girl ghosts uh, possible demons or dark entities? Yeah, there's a lot of people that apparently have, they first seen like a little kid, particularly a little girl. I've noticed it's always like a little girl in a Victorian dress that is always how it freaking starts. And it's creepy as F. Just be weird. Go with your gut feeling. If you see a little kid ghost, like I know for me, I see a little kid ghost and I don't get scared per se, but there's been some that have given me, like there was one in particular, one in particular at a location that one of our team members on a previous team kept saying, oh, this person, this little kid ghost is good. This little kid ghost is good. She held my hand once. And I got a really bad feeling and she never did it again. And But she would hold everybody else's hand, right? And I was like, I don't know why this... You know, normally little kids, like, come up to me, like, that are in the in-between. Like, they they come up to me and they, you know, talk to me. Like, I don't know. I've always had that happen. And I was like, I don't know why this girl, this little girl ghost keeps staying aside. Because I didn't get a good vibe from her at all. But this particular member was like, yeah, 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 she's good, she's good. And I'm like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the only one either. But yeah, you have to be careful because, you know, you see a little kid ghost, you feel bad. Now, with that being said, I don't think all little kid ghosts are demonic or whatever. You just got to be careful. I would question if you see a little kid ghost that's in a Victorian dress, like question about it. That also makes you think, uh, go into the Sally house because isn't Sally like in a Victorian dress too? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's something dark there, so it makes you wonder. But, I mean, there are ghosts from the 1800s that wear Victorian dresses that are, you know, 
legit ghost. So these little kids are wary of people. So one coming up directly to you to start talking to you, it seems extremely confident. Those are the ones you see you have to worry about because kids. You got to think kids when they're alive are wary of adults who are mostly out there investigating as strangers, and they're not going to go talk up to you, go talk to you, you know, straight up unless they find some reason of kindness mm-hmm. for you to be there, right? Yeah. So we're in a situation, we came across a, a little girl spirit, a little boy spirit that like instantly comes and talks to you, instantly wants to communicate, instantly all that stuff. That's the one you're going to have to be on the fence with to make sure that they're not with darker intentions. You know, a good way, well, I'm speaking through a pers- psychic perspective. I'm not, you know, if you can't really communicate with them, it's hard. The best way I described is if you start pressuring them, not pressuring them, but you start asking more things about like what, like how they died or something, or or you deter the situation, and they start getting angry, right? Like I've I've had where I was at a location a long time ago where I was asking this little kid ghost, and it started getting really. It gave me a fight or flight feeling because the voice changed. You know when I was doing the whole psychic thing, and the voice changed and it got irritated, and I was like, okay, well, why are you getting irritated? And that made me think, okay, this, this little kid ghost is not like a little kid ghost. You know what I'm saying? Like normally a little kid is not going to get, it's almost like the voice tone changes and you get that fight or flight feeling. You know what I'm saying? So when you get that, and if, if you have a little kid ghost, because I don't know, I just feel like people, if it's a little kid ghost, it's not per se going to give you that fight or flight feeling. But if we had little kid ghosts here at our house. That's because we have a yeah. son who's he's a, he's a Appar- kid, he's six years yeah. old. So, and this is what's crazy is apparently they always choose to play with his toys yeah. or play when he's around. That's crazy. We've had a little kid ghost that apparently followed us home from a location, and he doesn't bother anybody. He just kind of like plays with the toys, I guess. I've seen him a couple of times. Yeah, like he's in a red shirt. Yeah, he's a, a yeah. well. Apparently, Cord- uh, Megan on the team. She was able to like chan like she channeled him one time and she was able to pick him up and she was like, Oh, he's tied to that. He tied himself to that red fire truck because apparently he likes it. So wherever that red fire truck is going, he's gonna go. And I was like, Well, that's kinda interesting. And I'm the kind of thing if you don't want to cross, if you don't cause harm, I really don't mind you being around. No, most likely if he feels safe here, because if he's witnessed anything I've done before, he knows that nothing bad can get him here. So, so. moving on to the last thing I remember I talked about at the beginning, the most rarest thing that we've encountered so far, to give an exact number, only three that I've encountered the entire time investigating. And I'll say right a lot, it's like my, my, my aunt, or, yeah. or there goes that one. <laughs> <laughs> but elementals, as I've classified them, are dark entities. They could be light, too. They could well, be guardians, too. I'm, we're still going to talk about the dark ones. Okay, yeah, yeah. The elemental dark entities that we've encountered seem to be made up of something of Earth. To be, to be specific, um, the three things I've seen. One was the size of a redwood tree. Reminded me of the Ents from Lord of the Rings and Two Towers. You know, giant tree, tree beard, the tree people. Kind of like that. Minus the beard and all that stuff like that. But on its arms, it had wooden shields kind of like captain america shield i use a lot of comic reference but the nerd stuff because i have some i've seen that stuff but that's what essentially it looked like taller bigger giant and it showed up and of course i took it down and remember when i put it in the ring i had a conversation while you were here it was mad at you it was mad at you 
because I think yours is your when you were recording your Megan's ability episode. So I'm saying something about how you shouldn't speak or something like that. Whatever mm-hmm. the point. But that was the one that I saw clearly here. Now the other two was funny enough. One of the first things I took out was at the Octagon House that Mike always calls a hoodoo, right? To me, what it looked like was if someone built a demon out of sticks, mud, and, and wood, right? If someone took the natural elements of the ground and built a demon out of it. That's what it, it looks like to it me. And it clicks. And it clicks. And, and there's probably more of these things. I think they're somewhere related to voodoo or some kind of like dark witch of nature that com- makes her own instead of trying to summon one up to use. You like manifest one. There you go. She uses the elements of the earth. And one of those I've come across and taken down. Now, the other one, that's the weirdest <laughs> that I've come across, was the best way I can classify it, or at least ex- explain it to someone, a bag of lightning. Energy, yeah. Yeah. Imagine a big black cloud, essentially, of like electricity inside a bag going off in all different directions, but not like shooting out from itself. Like it's contained within in, 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 in like a, say a clear plastic trash bag. That's full of shadow, smoke, and lightning fire in different directions. That's what it looked like. Dark elemental energy. So I say it's the rarest one. Like I said, we've only come across it three different times. And to think that the elements of the earth, elemental beings, are on a side of darkness is a scary thought to think about. Because it means they're all around us all the time when it comes to things. And we're still learning everything we can about them. Now, there's some elemental dark figures that go back in folklore and history and stuff like that from other parts of the world. But so far, we've come across those three here in our little neck of the woods. But I thought maybe we'd talk about that because that's one of the rare things that people never heard about. Now, probably in later episodes, we'll probably bring the subject up again when we know more and more knowledgeable and probably take down a few more. But as of right now, those are kind of the only ones I know about for sure that we've encountered. Yeah, I think, too, once we start going to locations, I think different locations that could potentially be haunted and stuff like that, That'll probably widen what we see and stuff like that. So who knows? Maybe mid mid year or towards the end, we'll do like an a, dark and mental or dark attachments. Because uh, yeah, an attachment can be to the land. It can be to an object. Dark attachments or negative attachments. Investigation, investigation episode or yeah. something. Well, I think that wraps us up here today. Uh, one announcement. Uh, Wednesday, you said you have something coming out. Yeah, Wednesday is. Kind of like a listener submission episode. I basically went to the deepest part of the web. Well, not not, not really. I went to Reddit. Uh, <laughs> I went to Reddit and I went to a couple of different other forums where people share their stories. And I was specifically sorting after. Is that what you would say? Sorting after. Sought after. Sought after. Sorting is something you do with wood. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um. But you. But yeah. So I went on there and I was reading a bunch previous year, 2022. I was reading a whole bunch of stories because this uh, year I definitely wanted to uh, once a month do once a month. I wanted to um, do experiences, share experiences of other people on here with a specific theme. And this month we're going to be doing uh, experiences that happened in childhood homes. So I think that's interesting because that sometimes can lead to negative attachments. So look for that one Wednesday. And we most likely will have a bonus episode every Wednesday coming up in the next couple of weeks. So uh, more announcements on those and stuff like that. So we've recorded a few, recorded a few ahead of time. So those are going to come out soon. And a lot of different people, which will announce those on episodes beforehand. 
As always, you can catch our social media at Hidden the Shadows podcast on Instagram, Hidden the Shah 6 on Twitter, Hidden the Podcast 2 on TikTok, or links to all social media. And always you can listen to us at HiddenTheShadowsPodcast.com. But as always, we'll catch your widows in the next one. Yes. Song